Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is the winner of the So You Think You Can Dance season two in Canada. She's also on Dancing with the Stars in India. She's a choreographer, uh, dancer for Nike and Pharrell's music video, Happy. And she's also an instructor and coming out with her first book. Up next, Tara Jean Popovich. Welcome, Tara Jean. Nice to see you today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. Oh, fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this. Um, okay, so let's just introduce to the audience once again. You um, are the winner of the So You Think You Can Dance Season 2 Canada. You were in Dancing with the Stars in India. You're a choreographer, uh, dancer for Nike and Pharrell's uh, music video, Happy. Um, and you're an instructor. So you've definitely been doing a lot of things. So, so why don't you tell us the backstory of how, the, how this all got started? Yeah, cool. I love that you did your research, Tina. Um, so short story, I was born in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Uh, I moved away at 15, I know very young. And I don't know how my mom did it, but I went to a dance school there. She allowed you to do that, obviously, right? You weren't like a runner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, bye family. No, I'm joining the circus. No, right. it, of course, it was a very big decision. And because I come from a single mom, so it's just my brother, myself, and my mom. So yeah, I left at 15. I went to just to Calgary, which is two hours away. Not too bad. Uh-huh. And I danced there for a couple years. Then I moved to Vancouver when I was 17. And I joined a source dance company. Well, when you went at 15, did you go like, go get your own apartment or did you go to one of these things where there's all dancers and like a dormitory? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know. I, when I first went, I stayed with one of my mom's close family friends. So that was great. Um, yeah. And then after like school and everything was getting hectic, I worked at Starbucks at 4 a.m. before school. Then when I finished school, I worked at Joy Tomatoes as a hostess uh, at like the one at the front that signs people in. And then with that and dance in school, I was like, okay, I'm on my own two feet. This is coming from a 15 year old, which makes me giggle. But how much time did you have for for dance then? I mean, how many, how many hours a day were you dancing at that point? Still about six hours a day. And I went to airborne. Going to school, working. I mean. Yeah. Two jobs. I know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And when I look at my schedule, then I'm, I, I don't know how I had the energy, hardly any sleep, but somehow wow. I did that. Okay. So you stayed there until you were 17? Yeah. And then I left. So I did have my own apartment towards the end. And of course, Tina, I made every mistake possible, was late for rent. It was like, well, it's only a few weeks late for rent. So it was just a disaster. Lots of learning lessons. Um and somehow always managed, which I'm touch wood, very lucky. Very, yeah. And yeah, so then I auditioned for a dance company called The Source in Vancouver, Canada. And I was like, there's no way I'm getting in. I'm from a small town. And sure enough, I got accepted. So I was happy crying and thought it was like, this is my life. Now I've made it. And it's a pre-professional company. So it's more of like a training program when you're with choreographers and stuff from North America. 
Andrew, now, when did you have the desire to dance? Since you were just like, since as, as young as you can remember or what? Who was your influence? Yeah, since, since I was three, my mom just put me in. And even in class, I remember getting in trouble in school because they're like, TJ, like, Tara Jean, stop tapping your feet. And all I was thinking about was dance, constant dance. It was the only thing. In my journals when I was a little kid, it's like, I love dance. And dance is the love of my life, all these things. So I've um, always kind of known. What did you start off with, like, tap and ballet or jazz? Yeah, exactly. Tap, jazz, ballet. And so what kind of a dancer are you now? What, I mean, what category would that be? I do more contemporary style. So a funny story about that, Tina, and my upbringing, because we didn't have a lot of styles, it's a small town. And, and back then, we had really no access to a big choreographers or different styles. So when I was 17 auditioning for this company, there was a hip hop portion. So I was like, hip hop, okay, well, I, I got this. And there was a freestyle part and I started doing the worm where you land right. on yeah. your And uh, they still make fun of me to this day, which so they should. Doing the worm, this little yeah. kid in a hip hop audition. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've seen you, I've, I've watched some of your videos and I don't think you're old enough to remember this, but I mean, you could, do, you do, do you do a lot of choreography now? I do, yeah. That's I'm transitioning, and I want to just focus primarily on that. Do you know who Paula Abdul is? Of course, she gave me my best life advice in the planet. I love Paula Abdul. Remind me of her when I watch you dance. You remind me of Paula Abdul. So you've met her then, obviously. What was yeah, the that's like the biggest compliment because she's this bright, shining light. And what was her advice to you? She told me actually backstage, she said, I just want you to remember that dance is important. Our career is important, but don't spend so much time focusing on that, that you forget about love. And I was like, oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So did you apply that? I tr I'm trying. Elevant <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the world. It's hard to find someone that's like, yeah, you go do you. Yeah. So, right. So how often are you traveling? Uh, I mean, with COVID, it's been a different scenario, of course, but before it was constant. I would be on a flight every week, twice a week, three times a week. Going where? Competition uh, or choreographers or videos or what were you doing? Kind of everything different. I was at, like, I'll be working, did a video for Shania Twain in New York. So I was there 48 hours and I would fly to... Africa do a TV show there which is like a comedy show and then stay and work with the kids and then travel to another country and stay there for a week or two and then go somewhere else and then I did so you think Ukraine choreograph and then I'll travel to another country or after India when I got voted off I'll go to Thailand for a month on my own just to chill. Did you have a manager that was helping you do this? At that time mostly honestly Tina once I finished the show and we did our tour, it's like you had to start from scratch. And so I was sending emails like crazy and putting myself out there. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to use this as an opportunity to have as many experiences as possible. And so after that, everyone thinks, oh, your career is set. Oh, you won one of the biggest TV shows in the world, millions of views and all this stuff, like you're fine. But it's really, it's not like that at all. The hustle continues and you don't really stop. And I haven't stopped the hustle still. 
Right, exactly. I mean, what does it take to be a top dancer? Do you think anybody could, could be a top dancer as long as they have the, the right mindset or? Definitely, I would honestly say it's like 80% courage, guts, uh, the willing to sacrifice, not seeing your family, relationships, love, uh, living in places maybe you don't love. Um, so as long as you're willing to do all of that, it's never the most talented. There's dancers in Canada that are 10 times better than me. And around the world, I'm like, you're way better dancer than me. But I was just raised with guts and courage and and, and, the, and the work ethic, right? And putting in the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many hours a day did you have to put? You said six early when you were 15 or so. How many hours a day do you have to put into it? Every time is different. Like India, when I was on Dancing with the Stars there, I would wake up at four. We would be rehearsing, filming all day and then wrap maybe around midnight. So you're getting like two hours of sleep and you're just nonstop all day. Oh my God. So each job is different and I'm learning to rest now, but I had to figure that out after 30. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, and you know, they say, or we've heard, or I've heard, you know, there's a lot of eating disorder going on with dancers. I mean, can you talk yeah. about that a little bit? Definitely. And I, I actually talk about this a lot with Human First. As a kid, you are raised in front of a mirror. You are constantly in tights and a bodysuit and you are looking at yourself every single day at the dance studio. And I think psychology, like it puts something in your brain that thinks I have to judge myself from the outside every day, even if we're doing it subconsciously. You're seeing yourself in tights. I don't want to see myself in tights half the time now. So that's, you know, you're going through puberty, your body is changing, and you're looking at yourself in the mirror. And to build that confidence, I mean, in my time, I've been called fat and I've been called chunky and said, don't eat the burger. And what do you, they can't say that now. The world is a little bit more sensitive, but it is a very tough place. And you need that self-love and understanding that food is fuel, that there's other things that you can do. Like sit, say you want a treat, have a, have the damn treat, you know, eat an ice cream sometimes. Yeah. It's really hard. Well, and you'd think you would be burning it off if you're dancing that much. Yeah, but I think you your body gets used to it. It's like anything. So if right. your body's doing it constantly, so it's your not muscles are shaped much. there. Yeah. Uh, do you, I mean, do did you ever look in the mirror and say, do, do you have body dysmorphia? I'm just going to ask you. Do you have body? 100%. You still, do. Yeah. you still do. Yeah. yeah. Still do, for sure. And it, and it doesn't go away. No, well, even with acknowledgement of it. And I try. And my friends and I, <laughs> like... When I say, oh, I'm feeling fat today, they, they roll their eyes and I'm like, okay, so I've had to be conscious not to say those things out loud because yeah. it is sensitive. My body yeah. is my job and yeah. maybe they're not in their top shape, but I have to be in shape all the time. So, yeah, no, I mean, because I know firsthand with that. I mean, I, I didn't grow up as a dancer, but um, I did have a struggle with anorexia. I had gone to boarding school right. and I, I stopped eating because I wanted to get out and I didn't want to get kicked out, you know what I'm saying? Wow. <laughs> I was just like, it was just a means to, a, a, but then once I, it kicked in, you know, I mean, I was a little boy su uh, size 14 in tennis shorts, little boys. And right. I, I remember going in to buy pants and I remember zeros were big on me. And I wow. thought that all that pants were mismarked. I mean, it's crazy what your mind will do, right? 
So to yeah. this, I have to be really careful because, you know, people go so teeny tiny and it's like, you know, it, I, I just don't know if it ever goes away. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. uh, you know, we all have to be really careful of that. And, and like you said, fuel our bodies so we don't get sick. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I know I, I'm educated enough to know the right foods and things like that and triggers when, when it makes me naughty. Like when I get really stressed, I don't want to eat yeah. a lot. A lot of people eat when they, when they are stressed, I have to really watch myself or if I'm punishing myself, I won't eat. You know what I'm saying? So right. I'm just, yeah. a lot of listeners are probably going to relate to this. And I just, mm-hmm. the points of the show is for people not to feel like they're alone. So, you know, definitely. But an awareness is first, you know, it's, yes, if yeah. you're aware of it, okay. My, my brain is telling me you're fat today. You want to voice it, maybe tell a friend, but then you have to really be honest with yourself and say, come on, man, like you are not, let's go through this. It's always a thought process. And I, I, I think it's normal. We have to make that normal. Exactly. Exactly. That we, yeah. Awareness is the first key. You can't change what you don't acknowledge. Absolutely. Um, so when yeah. you got cut from, so you think you can dance in Canada, you said mm-hmm. you didn't want to try again. Yeah. My ego was huge. <laughs> it was huge. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, not, there was no chance I was going back. I was too bruised. And um, I thought, no, like, I'm was at the, the peak of the, my dancing. Was, was that the first big show that you had gone for? Yeah, definitely. Okay, and your ego was bruised. And uh, mm-hmm. you had a lot of determination. I mean, you left home at 15 and 17, and you went all that way. And then you're like, yeah. So, so tell me what happened. How, how did you get back in the game? Well, so I, I was actually living in LA at that time. <laughs> Viewers are going to be like, oh, she really is like the traveling circus. But um, I moved to LA and I was in my Sunfire, my green car that I absolutely loved that my mom bought me. And I remember seeing it the first time. So I lived in that car for a little bit because uh, rent was expensive. I had $300 and I thought I need to be in LA. So I was working in a company called She with Christina Woodard at the time, making like $30 a show, not enough to, to do anything with that really. But um, so when I was living in LA and my friends called me and they said, okay, uh, season two is coming back and you have to audition. And I said, they cut me. They didn't want me. I'm not made for the show. I'm not going back. I'm dancing in LA. It's going to be great. And so my friends in Vancouver all got together and booked me a plane ticket and they flew me to the audition. And so I, I'm very thankful, still close with all of them. And so I went back with a different headspace and I said, I can't be bruised and I can't be hurt because they didn't want me the first time. Obviously they're professionals. They saw something missing in me. So my mindset completely changed. And I said, okay, I'm going to go, not what I think they want, but I'm just going to go as myself. And if they like it, great. And if they don't, great. And that was my only mindset that I had. And what happened? And then, yeah, the, the show went amazing. And then I somehow won the show and staying true to myself by journaling throughout the whole season and reading back in some of my journal entries it's very nerve wracking when you put into perspective, there's like 3.2 million people behind this little lens and you're about to be vulnerable and dance your heart out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just try to be like, okay, the only people behind the lens is my mom, my grandparents, my brother, that's it. I'm dancing for them. So I was, it was really all about mindset. 
You know what I love that you said? You said, you know, the first time that you did it, you were trying to be what you thought they wanted. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you got cut. And this yeah, time yeah. you went, you know, you're just giving it every, you don't, you're not, you don't care about what they want. You're going, I'm bringing all of me. And I think that is a huge lesson that everybody needs to know because whether it's in your work or it's a, you know, we've all done that in a personal relationship, right? Putting on the yeah. face think that the other person wants and but what happens is it doesn't work out just like in your case business-wise it didn't work out I mean in a personal relationship if you are um putting on a mask of what you yeah. think the other person wants and then let's say they break up with you then you really should be kicking yourself because it's like well man if I really just showed them who I really was maybe they would want me because you, you, you're, you're going to be filled with regret otherwise if you don't show your your true self right? Exactly. In everything. And you're right. And it's, that's the thing, being authentic in anything. If you have no regrets, but you were you and it doesn't work out, then you know, I gave everything, no regrets, not meant for me. Next thing, next thing, next thing. It works in all aspects of life. Absolutely. And you know, nobody can do exactly what you can do. I mean, I was just listening to, um, I think it was Danette May's new book, Abundance, uh, this morning mm -hmm. and talking about that. And it's like, there's only one of you. I mean, there was what, 7 billion people on the planet, but you know what? Yeah. Nobody, exactly, nobody has your exact gifts. There are other podcasters, mm -hmm. tons of podcasters, but there's only one me. There's only one yeah. me interviewing people. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, if I can't stress that enough to, to the viewers and the audience, really, really, you know, it just, just, you know, figure out who you are, what your gifts are and, and bring that forth. Don't, don't start playing the comparison game, or maybe I should be a little bit more yeah. like, you know, just be you and, and it, and it'll work out. Um, Definitely. You had an incident where you got sick in India and you said it changed your life. Yeah. And actually, Tina, this is the first time I'm at a place mentally where I can say it out loud. I've never talked about it in interviews before. Um, but I've done a lot of self-work on the reason why I felt I couldn't say it out loud. And yeah, so after India, I got hepatitis and was extremely sick. And there's, I think, 1.2 or 1.3 million of people that die every year of hepatitis. And I was living in LA at the time. My best friend, Alex, was actually taking care of me, going to doctors, and my eyes were filled with blood and I looked in the mirror and my cheeks were filled with blood. And I looked in the mirror, I was like, this is not me. This is not who I am. And I even, I, I tried not to play the victim, but I started being a victim of why me? I, why would I get hepatitis? And I was just living my dream and, and I didn't dance for a year after that. Um, I could have moments when I couldn't even walk and it was like pins and needles in my feet. So my best friend Alex was, would like take me out of bed and like walk with me. And I actually remember telling him like, I don't want to live anymore. I don't want this life. This is not for me. I don't want to be in pain. And if I'm not dancing, then I'm nobody. And my identity was so much in what I was doing. And I, I am a person that if a stranger is like, I need a shirt, I'll be like, here, take mine. And, and I would just give and give to the point where I would be completely depleted. And actually a few months when I started feeling better, I met a wonderful man that I still call my soulmate to this day because 
he like brought me out of that mm-hmm. and it went from like the worst place in my life to meeting someone where I was like okay I have a little bit of hope and even though I was still quite nauseous and tried to hide when I would feel sick because I was like in a place where even driving in a car I would get so nauseous I would be start projectile vomiting because my body was just trying to fight so much so I remember some days he'd look at me and be like why didn't you tell me that you weren't feeling well like because I don't want that negative attention I don't want that are you okay you got this because I a part of me was like just had quit already before I met this person and so it was the best thing because now loving myself first I can love millions of more people and and spread that energy more but I didn't have that before yes yes absolutely and and by your dance being taken away because you were so heavily identified with that like you said, if I can't dance, I'd rather not be here. I'd rather be dead. Yeah. And so, um, and then you met your soulmate on top of that. Uh, what were the doctors saying? I don't know how that much about hepatitis. It's not, it, was it like a death sentence? I mean, did, it, did was there a chance that you could have died from this? Yeah. I mean, I, it got really bad to the point that they wanted to put me on steroids and they said it would take months and months to recover, but then if you're taking heavy steroids, it could affect your like intestines and all of your organs. And so I had to pick and choose. And I actually went more of like the Eastern way. So I did a lot of Chinese medicine. Uh, my best friend, Alex's parents were there with me. And there was one man that I call like my Miyagi because he really helped me understand like the chi is where our energy comes from. And I was on like ginger, heavy ginger teas, turmeric, all the anti-inflammatory because I was very inflamed. And it took, it was a longer process. And it was obviously, if I would have done the steroids, maybe I would have felt fake better for a little bit. Yeah. But then inevitably I could have got worse. Right. So. But you have, you really healed your body this way. I mean, I'm, I'm all about holistic mm-hmm. and Easterns. And oh I'm yeah. I'm not about still have about ginger tea in. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I know this is going to be kind of an odd question, but if you had to do it over again, would you choose to go through that experience again? Yeah. If I could rewrite my story, I would have to have that in there. Yeah. And I I would have to live it the same way. So, and so would you say you believe that everything happens for a reason? A hundred percent. Yeah. I put everything on my arm for everything happens for a reason. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, you are so wise and, uh, you say that when you feel lost, I love this. You say when you feel lost and stuck, that's the rest you need before the universe launches you forward again. Can you mm-hmm. share a personal story on that? Yeah, I mean, even right now, I'm going through a, a moment where I feel like I'm kind of in the mud. There's no clarity. I meditate and I end up just like rolling my eyes like, and just there's no movement in any direction. And every time before moments like this, there is always something around the corner that's big, that it's like I, the universe just saying, you just needed to rest. We're just showing you rest. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm excited for the next chapter after this. I love that you brought that up. I really am because, you know, I think there's so many times, including myself, that what we do instead of resting and, and relaxing into it, we resist it. We get panicky. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we get, you know, our head goes in a million different directions. And of course, 
that's not what's needed. What's needed is the rest because you know what? I, I don't know about anybody else, but um, I know for me, I feel like I've got to go, go, go all the time. I mean, that was instilled in me since yeah. I was a kid. I mean, on a Saturday morning, my dad would come in and, you know, rip open the blackout drapes and take our covers off and go get out of bed. And it's, you know, it's <laughs> on Saturday, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what a way to wake up. But, you know, it's yeah. like alarm bells are always going off in my head. I have to be really conscious to go, um, you know, no, you need to relax. I mean, for me, it's harder to relax than to work. Yeah, it, it is. And because we, our life is filled with distractions and social media. I caught myself on TikTok for an hour yesterday. Right. And I'm like, what am I distracting? So then I put my phone down and I said, no more distractions. And then I realized within the years that the happier I am with no distractions and just calm and silence, yes. then the happier and the bigger the next part of my chapter of my life go. So Isn't it's... It's hard. It's a weird balance. Yeah, it very. That's it. The, 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 the key is balance. And you have a new book called um, Human First, Dancer Second. It's a worldwide mm-hmm. convention. Tell me about this. Yeah, so actually the convention's been in the works for about eight years because my life has done this, uh, as of most. Um, but as an artist, again, before I got hepatitis, if I was on this climb and I would book a job and be so happy. Then the next day I would not book a job and I'd just crash or Madonna would fire me. And I was like in the streets of New York. Why? Why? And who and fired you? Madonna. You worked with Madonna? Ah, uh, yes, but I was fired. So it was my own fault, actually. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You worked with Madonna. You kind of just slid that in. I'm like, you worked with who? <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm really bad at resume talk because I feel like there's so much more to show as, as a person. But what can um, you share with us what it was, was like to work with her? Uh, well, uh, honestly, the only glimpses I have is her sitting on her chair with her arms like this and her kids running around. And she just looked up at me and she was like, okay, you can leave. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm on the phone with my mom, like, mom. Oh, oh, so uh, yeah, wow. so those lows that right. have really hit me so deep that I, like, I, I want the next generation to maybe, I think the lows are very important. I think they're, they're more important than the highs, but I, I would like a little less roller coaster for the next generation. So finding an identity with you so that if you do get fired from Madonna, you're like, you know what? It's okay. You still have you, right? Yeah, you're right. still yourself. That's not like, I, what am I going to do with my life? The world has crumbled. Right. The world is over. So before you tell us about the book, I'm, I'm just going to interject mm-hmm. this. Do you have a morning routine? Like how you like, put yourself together so you don't crash if, you know, if, if you have a disappointment? Yeah, it's actually so funny. My very specifics are I put lemon and chia seed water. Like that's my favorite thing. And it looks really fun. Lemon and chia seed? Chia seeds. Yeah. So it's like your own little lava lamp. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a full glass of that first. I just feel like it sets my body. It's like, get ready for the day because we don't know what we're going to eat. And I just want my digestive system to be prepped and ready. And then I'll have my coffee just black. And I always do 30 minutes of movement, even when I'm a, like, my hair is like this and I'm a disaster. And I'm like, okay. And I'll do something like just something. 
Yes. And I have actually, this is my book. So I write like, this is my new one, but I'll write like gratitude of things that I appreciate and days when I'm feeling super crappy. Oh, Tina, you should see me. I'm smiling like this in bed, like just tell my brain that you're happy today, even though today's crappy. So I'm like smiling and just writing things I appreciate. And then I always say, um, this is on my thing. I just always say, be happy anyways. Yes. You choose happiness. You absolutely yeah. choose happiness. And sometimes when you like, if you're in a heart situation or something like that, you know, emotional situation, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to get there, but you know, th- that definitely helps. And I'm going to share something that Danette may, may share it for me. And I'm telling you, I talked about it on a couple of interviews, but since she shared it with me, it's life-changing. I don't know if you journal, well, you, you say you do journal, but I used yeah. to paper, but now I write on the top of the page, the question, what do I need to know? And it's like, you're asking God, the universe, your angels, whatever it is, what you need to know. And it's just the stuff that comes out is so much different than what used to come out when I would just put pen to paper. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's beautiful. Asking, what do I need to know today? You know, because I, you know, the answers are inside of you. They're not out there. Yeah. Oh, always. Yeah. Asking them to come forward. I'm still stuck on the lemon water and chia seed because I do lemon water and I do um, (laughs) sea salt in it because. um, Okay. But but what do the chia seeds do? I mean, and how much, guys, I'm going to try this. You know that now. So I mean, how how many chia seeds? I put about a tablespoon of chia seeds. And to be honest, I didn't Google that much because I just, I do it for a few days and see how my body reacts to it. And my body loves it because I do have not the best digestive system. And I found that it's one thing that kickstart. It's all the extra omegas. I don't know if these little seeds like clean your intestines or what it does, but I think it's like pure magic. And I've been doing it for like eight months now. Like, and I won't miss it. And it's, it's hot water, right? Yeah, I always do like room temperature or hot, but then it sits there for a while sometimes. But and it gets a yeah, little never cold in the morning. So a tablespoon, mm-hmm. a tablespoon. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm going to try that. Okay, so now you can talk about your book. <laughs> now we're yeah, perfect. But I do have to write that down. What do I need to know today? And then you free write. That is so brilliant. And you free write. Yep. It, it's, it's amazing. It, it's, it's blew my mind. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to add that in into my morning routine. Um, yeah, so the book, when I went back through all my old journal writings, I do these questions to myself of what are my whys and, and you know, the, the generic spiritual things that we ask ourselves. And then I had a little Canadian tour recently, and I was talking to a bunch of dancers and and I do some interesting exercises where I'll ask them to step into the mirror and and make eye contact with yourself and just look at yourself. Don't adjust, don't fix, don't do anything. Um, just look at yourself in the mirror. And I've been doing this exercise with dancers for many years and they call it the TJ experience. And almost like 95% of the time, when I say, when you were looking at yourself, was it more positive or negative thoughts that you were having? And almost every time there's been maybe one or two that has said, yeah, positive, but usually it's okay. I was self-judging myself. I was fixing makeup. I was like telling myself negative things and, and the thought process. So this book digs into that of how in our brain we're, we're so hard on ourselves. And we say these sentences to ourselves 
where we would never say that to a best friend. So it's rewiring our beautiful brains to say like, it feels uncomfortable, but look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm so proud of you. Look how far you've come. Look where you are now. So it gives different scenarios and then space for the dancers or whoever. I say dancer because that was my identity that I had to complete. It's what I do. It's not who I am. So this book is, is the writings of that. Right. Exactly. That's beautiful. I mean, that's beautiful. I mean, because that's where it all starts, right? I mean, what one attribute would you say that led to your success? All my failures. All your failures. Okay. Perfect. And what made you get back up again? Um, I am very resilient. And I think I'm very lucky that I come from humble beginnings because it's created uh, I, I always appreciate things even when I'm at a high success area of my life. Um, but I think it's just, I refuse to give up. And I, I think there's so much more to life than it, even if it's a small goal, like the other day, I, all I did was pick things from the garden. So I created like, okay, I'm not giving up because I can set those small goals and achieve them. And then it kind of makes your heart happy that you just, then you can achieve bigger and bigger and bigger goals. Right. So that's how you deal with failure is just taking one step at a time. Correct. Because I think yeah, that's yeah. what happens. I used to get so overwhelmed. I'm like, I have to do this. I got to do that. I got to do that. You know, and then you tire yourself and you're like, I'm never going to be able to accomplish all that. I mean, if you look at it mm-hmm. all at once, it's impossible and it's overwhelming. That's way too overwhelming. Yeah. One step at a time. Exactly. So you, do you feel like you've always pretty much had a strong mindset? I have been very lucky and I, I think uh, growing up, my brother and I were close and watching him, he was a hockey player and watching him be super strong and super powerful. I always had him to look up to. So I think that definitely helped. Um, and now I, now it's, it's kind of a funny feeling because I spent my whole life wanting to prove to people I could do something, but now it's like, I don't have anything to prove and I just, want to prove to myself that I can keep going and live the life that I told the little girl self that I was going to live. So perfect. What, what's your greatest achievement so far? Would you say? Um, my greatest achievement, I think <laughs> this is funny, but uh, I think still seeing the world as a beautiful place. It's very difficult and being in 63 countries and world world, world country, uh, third world countries and holding babies that are starving and, mm. and seeing these things that are devastating. And I've had to hug families that have lost family. A- anyways, just a lot of things that I feel appreciative to see and be a part of because I can still take the courage to think that the world is so beautiful. I, th- I love that. I love that because a lot of people, you know, all they do is complain and, you know, uh, it, it, again, that's all your perspective, right? It's all your perspective. Yeah. Um, sure. What's next for you? What's next is I really hope that human first answer second, uh, once the world is in a safe place. Um, I have nine countries confirmed, so I want to take that convention. My brother is actually the director of it, so he does all of the actual planning and logistics because I am rainbows and butterflies in my head sometimes. I'm like, everyone comes for free, human first for everybody. And he's like, and we're broke. So 
this, we gotta figure it out. Uh, so I really want to take that worldwide and just be and around as many what, people do, as do possible. Speaking, speaking engagements on it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so the, the faculty is actually 12 members as of now. Uh-huh. Um, I, I always think more heads are better than one, two, five. I just want as many people that their mission and their goal is to help people. So we have Olympic athletes that come and speak, uh, sports exercise science, nutritionists. My best friend Keiko does the neuroscience, uh, even accounting my, of how to work your finances. One of my best friends, Amanda, yoga, meditation, journaling. It's just a really a group of, of people that I love and I trust. And it's everything that I wish I had in my journey of, of trying to make it in something that was so it's like a seminar like workshop. So it, it's going to be mm-hmm. planning in person, but depending on, I guess, COVID, it could be virtual too, right? Yeah, definitely. And when's your first one? Uh, we're not sure. Everything gets, keeps getting changed. And now regulations, um, I'm currently in Canada at the moment, and now regulations are back to not so good. So yeah, you can't leave. No, now I can't. I can't get back to New York at the moment. So. No, no, no. I just talked to a friend of mine from Canada. Um, okay. So yeah. where do they find your book? Uh, so it's going to be launched, actually, which is very exciting. Uh, I just, the cover is just finished and everything is in a beautiful, ready to go. And I did the, ex- the exercises in the book myself last week. And it was, I know it's kind of weird to say that. I feel like I, it wasn't me that created them. It was like, you were channeled. Something came to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that will be end of October. End of October. And where do they find it? Yeah. It's going to be Amazon. It'll be on my uh, Human First website, which is just human1dancer2.com. And then at Terry Jean Popwich, all over social media. Um, it's going to be ordered through different platforms. So Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Last... And worldwide shipping, which is great. And what? Worldwide shipping. Oh, fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Is it going to be out on Audible too? Territory? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do Audible. Okay. So that's the only way I listen to things too. And you said, oh, let cool. me write that down. Uh, October when? Uh, we don't have the exact date yet, but we're right, just going well, to have to, you'll just text me. Okay. You let me know. Perfect. I'll text you for okay. sure. Lastly, do you have three takeaways for our audience and listeners? Three takeaways, like in life in general. Life in general. Somebody wants to be a dancer. Some, yeah, just life in general. You know, three yeah. takeaways. Um, I think work on your, your mindset and things that you would say to your best friend, start saying to yourself, because you will see improvement and growth. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Two would be, don't be so hard on yourself, um, yeah. especially with the world and the situation that it is. And three, I think also be easier on others. I see a lot of arguments happening even at grocery stores, but you don't know, maybe they just had someone pass away. And so we don't know each other's stories and we don't know what bad happened to someone else. So when in doubt, be kind and give extra love. Maybe they needed it, even if they're still not the nicest back. But. A- absolutely. And I've always said that hurt people hurt people. So when you're hurt, you, you hurt, yeah. including myself, I've been there too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I oh, for sure. I'm feeling hurt. So such a yeah. pleasure having you on and you've brought so much um, wisdom and information and I love your stories and I love where you're going. I can't wait to uh, listen to your book. Uh, again, give them your website one more time. Yeah, so I have tara-gene.com 
it'll be on there. That's easy. Human, the number one dancer, the number two dot com. And then, yeah, at Terry Jean Popwich, it'll be everywhere. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. I wish you all the best. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. It's uh, Tina Marks TV. And of course, uh, please download my podcast um, and leave a review. That would really help me as well. So anyways, we will see you all next week. And thanks for joining in.